3: It's 9.30 in 716. Brian Masrowski here. You'll hear from Susan a little bit later on this afternoon. We'll have our update from Storm Center with Randy Bushover in just a moment. But first, going to the National Weather Service with an update on the warm-up that we're experiencing. Meteorologist John Hitchcock joining us right now. John, I I was surprised. (laughs) Just in my home, the warmer temperatures yesterday it wasn't even all that warm um already i saw a uh, pretty uh, good chunk of snow melt away
2: yeah good morning brian and yeah we uh did hit the low 40s yesterday and we did lose a lot of snow depth yesterday but we didn't we didn't really melt much uh when we get that first warm day uh, the snowpack tends to consolidate but a lot of the uh, water stays in the snowpack so we lost quite a bit of depth yesterday but most of the water is still in the snow
3: Wow. Um, what are we in for today and then over the weekend? And do we have to be concerned about flooding with the warm-up?
2: Yeah, we have a lot of warm weather coming up really for the next week. Uh, today we're going to be near 50 and dry. And then for Friday we'll start to see a few light rain showers around and well into the 50s. And we're into the 50s again Saturday. It uh, looks like our wettest day of the next three or four is going to be Saturday and Saturday night when we have periods of rain as low pressure moves through. There will be another system bringing some rain on Tuesday. And now as far as flooding goes, uh, the good news is the really deep snowpack is in a relatively small area, just right in Buffalo and the nearby suburbs. Uh, So with the rain coming and the snow melt, uh, there is some risk of very minor flooding. We think it's a pretty low risk at this point, but it is something we're watching. Uh, That said, if you do have a history of basement flooding, you're going to want to make sure your sump pump is in good working order this weekend.
3: How much rain are we talking about? Just, uh, you know, some light showers or uh, is it really going to come down over the next few days?
2: Yeah, not a lot, but uh, Saturday we might see on the order of a half an inch or so. Uh, So normally without a lot of snow on the ground, that wouldn't be a concern at all. Uh, With the melting snow and at least some rain, uh, that does bring a low risk of flooding over the weekend.
3: Um, Usually, I feel like, well, maybe it's every other year. I'm not sure, um, but the uh, ball drop in New Year's Eve, and people are outside, and I feel like in years past we've had like zero, you know, absolutely frigid temperatures. It does not look like it's going to be the case this year.
2: No, not at all. It's going to be a very warm New Year's Eve. It might be a wet one, though. That's uh, probably about when the rain is going to be peaking in coverage uh, later Saturday and Saturday night. Uh, so it will be wet, but it will be quite warm. The temperatures still well into the 40s, even at midnight on New Year's Eve.
3: Hey, John, thanks so much uh, for the update this morning. National Weather Service meteorologist John Hitchcock on the warm up we're experiencing, what it might do. We'll turn now to Randy Bushover in WBEN Storm Center. Brian, as of 1201 this
1: morning, the travel ban for Buffalo lifted. It is now a travel advisory. Mayor Byron Brown speaking late last night.
4: I'm also announcing that Buffalo City Hall will be open tomorrow. In regards to the storm cleanup, significant progress has been made on main streets, secondaries, and residentials. I've toured many areas across the city over the last few days, and I'm pleased with the progress that has been made.
1: For a few other things residents should be aware of, uh, DPW Commissioner Nate Martin.
2: Stop lights, uh, if they are blinking uh, red, they are a four-way stop. Please treat them and travel very carefully. A quick reminder, uh, the sanitation and recycling is suspended uh, still at this point in time. And alternate parking, uh, we have that suspended. So stay in uh, your place uh, at this point in time with the parking.
1: The I-190 has reopened. So have Route 33, Route 198, Route 5 from Big Tree Road in Hamburg to the 190. No more power outages. The last three National Grid customers restored overnight. Latest on lives lost to the storm. That number at 38 this morning. As scheduled at 11 a.m. yesterday, the Buffalo Niagara International Airport opened. NFTA spokesperson Helen Teteris on when it might be full of arriving and departing
5: passengers. Things can improve very quickly, as we know, even though things seem to be very dire with all the cancellations and delays. But we're hopeful that perhaps by the weekend that we'll see normality at the airport. We're certainly hopeful.
1: The NFTA adding additional service along routes where conditions have improved. That is uh, specifically about buses. Passengers can get service updates and a full list of routes via social media and at Metro's website metro.nfta.com. Today, paratransit running limited service due to road conditions. ECMC outpatient clinics accept outpatient dialysis closed today. All staff should report. From the WBEN Storm Center, Randy Bushover, WBEN.com News. All right,
3: Randy, thank you. As uh, warm weather kind of uh, turns this effort Uh, A little bit uh, around the corner and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. No more driving bans. The good news this morning and Randy just uh, mentioning all the roads and major routes that are open as of midnight uh, about five hours ago. The battle to remove snow turned into a war of words yesterday between local officials. Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett.
4: Erie County Executive Mark Polankar is not mincing words on the city's response to the storm yesterday. Mayor's not
2: going to be happy to hear about it, but storm after storm after storm after storm, the city, unfortunately, is the last one to be opened, and that shouldn't be the case. It's embarrassing, to tell you the truth.
4: Mayor Brown telling David Bellavia, talking about that is not helpful. Absolutely total waste of time. Those of us who have been elected by the people need to be working together on behalf of the people, need to be supportive of each other, need to be uh, collaborative uh, with each other. That is my focus. That will continue to be my focus. Ken Corley of Politics and Stuff says this can pop up during a crisis. I think uh,
2: everybody involved in the leadership of the uh, dealing with the storm is, uh, is tired and frustrated, and I think that that explains uh, a lot of what may be going on at the moment. Does
4: Cruelly think the national media will pick up on this angle? It
2: certainly wouldn't look good. Uh, And uh, uh, I I think that, for the most part, uh, the national news has got other things to pay attention to, though. I I really don't think that it's going to become an issue of any significance nationally. It's certainly going to be one around here for a while.
4: Hear more from Cruelly online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News.
3: All right, Tom, thank you. Something we'll be watching for, and uh, you'll hear from the mayor coming up in just about 10 minutes as he announced that driving ban would be over in the city. The airport reopening yesterday, you heard uh, Randy talking a little bit about that, did not mean all systems go. It cancellations all across the country, really hampering efforts at every airport, open or not. One of the worst airline meltdowns in U.S. history, not showing any signs of recovery now. Southwest passengers still stranded all over the country, many without their bags. The Company CEO apologizing.
0: Some passengers, like Brendan Chavez, are not waiting for a new flight. He's renting a car to drive his family 25 hours from Kansas City to California.
3: We'll probably end up bringing each other's
1: necks by the end of it, potentially, but we'll see how it goes, I guess.
0: And in Texas, dozens of angry passengers arrived in Houston after driving 24 hours from New York City. I hate him, but I need to drive nine more hours. My feet are swollen. I'm
1: upset. I'm stressed.
3: It's and Alley with the report. So just because the airport's open doesn't mean things are moving smoothly around the country. And how about this? Some other news. Nearly two years after New York legalized recreational marijuana, New York City's first dispensary opening its doors to the public. Housing Works Cannabis Company set to make its first sale later this afternoon. The dispensary is in lower Manhattan. It's a non-profit operating as such, supporting homeless, people with AIDS, and the formerly incarcerated. Here's Sifan Kim with more.
4: You must be 21 to purchase. Buying and carrying it across state lines is a violation of federal law. It's illegal to buy in Brooklyn, and you can share without compensation, but you can't make that a gift, a part of another service or commodity that's for sale. And of course, like alcohol, you just can't smoke it anywhere, and you can't drive a motor vehicle
3: while under the influence. So two years after the legislation passes, one legal dispensary opening in New York City, none on the horizon in the western New York area until a court case is sorted out. The exclusive
1: WBN 7 weather forecast here for the day today calls for more melting with a gusty southwesterly breeze at times. Some partial sunshine greets you. It'll be followed by increasing and thickening clouds. The high temperature away from the heavily snow-covered areas into the upper 40s. Tonight looks cloudy. Could see a sprinkle over low temperatures into the low 40s. Tomorrow for your Friday, it's mostly cloudy. We'll find high temperatures near 50 with some showers developing into the evening. Some of those showers continue into the start of the holiday weekend. With your exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist
3: Josh Nichols. We're joined live by Natalie Simpson, uh, Chair of Operations Management and Strategy at the University of Buffalo, where she... Uh, specializes in emergency services and disaster response. I couldn't have asked for a better job title for this past week, Natalie.
5: Oh, yeah, I know. That is kind of a job full. How can I help? (laughs) Uh,
3: Well, I'm wondering what you're thinking looking at the past couple of days, because this really did turn into – it's so hard to talk about during the storm, right, because of the conditions and just how wild it was. We all saw it with our own eyes. But the response to it, uh, what are some of the things you've been looking at in the city's response with uh, just how things have gone?
5: Yes, now this is the appropriate time to start thinking about the response. you know during a response, everybody's attention you know essentially should be on the moment and on the activity um, my My real interest is the timing of decisions, and uh, I think what we're going to find, and it would be best to think about this this way, I think there is a lot to learn from this event that has befallen everybody, and that we should actively study it and try to learn it. Now, in saying that, I'm real conscious in studying emergency response of not being a Monday morning quarterback. Uh, so that I'm not necessarily saying that anybody did anything wrong. Um, so having said that, right, we, we need to look at the fact that it is never, ever, ever easy to make to make the call to close down driving. We, we're a society. We depend on the roadways and it will always cost the decision maker who publicly said, all right, you cannot use your cars. Trucks cannot move. Everybody get off the roads. It will always cost them one way or another by essentially shutting down our community. Um, are there ways, of setting rules in advance, that we're bolder about doing that? Because clearly, actually, in hindsight, 100 percent hindsight, if we had done that somewhat earlier, we may have avoided some, some of the chaos.
3: Uh, Natalie, oh. it's it's interesting you talk about this because I was looking at the forecast right, that was put out by the National Weather Service on Wednesday before the storm. And they called for a once-in-a-generation winter storm, saying it was going to slam into the region through the Christmas weekend. The full fury of winter, um, a blizzard, they used the B word, right, uh, to describe yeah. what was going on. But then I was also thinking about what happened just a few days before that where they called for difficult to impossible travel because of lake effect snow in the South Towns, on Saturday the 17th, where still myself and over 70,000 other people all traveled to and from the stadium to watch a Bills game uh, during that you know same kind of I- advisory. Different wording here. I-, I guess it's a big question of how do you convey the message to people who are so used to hearing about winter weather?
5: yeah and this we have to i think it's a sort of a wake-up call for us in that blizzards are the hurricanes of the north Uh, we don't i think that statistically we luck out in terms of hurricanes haunt the coastlines more frequently than uh blizzards hit cities directly but they are our hurricanes they are unstoppable deadly forces that scour the landscape until they feel like breaking up and leaving and we can't do anything about that right now, one of the things, though, and you know what, and this, there's just like so many things about the timing of this that are just plain unlucky. Uh, first off, right. So we had an episode only a few weeks before, and travel was difficult, and there were advisories, but, you know, people went to the Bills game, and uh, nobody died, you know, stranded on the roads. One, one thing to realize, you know, I'm lucky. Wait a minute. Those two things look similar, but they're not because that was a lake effect snowstorm. So that was like a massive amount of snow. That was not a blizzard. We didn't have days of whiteouts. The thing that makes a blizzard particularly deadly versus the big lake effect, you know, events that we are, you're right, where, you know, we're kind of used to, it's the fact that you can't see. I mean, you can't see for hours. If you're caught outside, it's nearly instantly deadly because you can't see. Right, unless you blunder into shelter, you actually are going to die. Uh, The the lake effect snowstorms, like I said, generally they don't involve that. They don't achieve the status of blizzard. And okay, we need to in the future just ourselves remember that if it's the B word, okay, it's taking it up to a you know whole new level. Now, having said that, I think we also learned, you know, just plain old unlucky, but good, good to know, good to know for the future. Let's remember this is that the blizzard, right, slams in right at Christmas time. That means that retailers, as employers, are going to do everything they can. This is only logical when, you know, you're right. You're like, there was this ominous forecast and they kept upping the language in the forecast, but it's still just a forecast. Retailers sometimes, I mean, they live or die by their holiday sales and they're gonna want to stay open. They're gonna want to stay open. They're gonna want to stay open. This is only logical. You have to tell them no. Uh because, you know, then then otherwise they're gonna encourage their employees to come in. Anyway, do you see how part of that is just simply the timing of when the storm hit? If we didn't have that, I don't think that we would have had at least some of the pressure. Now, one of the things that I'd like to do, this is just as a professor, right? One of the things that I would really like to do, I'm gathering all the information, is I would really like to actually scientifically clarify how many people's lives were saved. Because there's just all over the place, all of these stories of people being saved that were caught in the storm, and I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to minimize the horrible loss that we've suffered in life. But actually, you know, if we are going to study the storm in hindsight, you have to study the whole of it. And there's a whole lot of it that, um, I mean, it didn't just go really well. I mean, it really speaks to our strength as a community.
3: Yeah, and uh, that's uh, good to point out. We're talking with Natalie Simpson, uh, who is specializing in emergency services, disaster response at the University at Buffalo. Um, it, I feel like part of this might be psychological too. When we talk about uh, getting people to understand, right, that delineation blizzard is different from lake effect storm or, or winter snowstorm, um, the idea of a travel ban. Uh, I I think a lot of people were on the heels of two years of being told not to do a lot of stuff right to the point where that is that has uh, almost just like the weather uh, fallen on uh, a lot of deaf ears. And and if you put that plea out again, it's it's almost kind of getting into that like, yeah, I've heard. okay. now you don't want me to drive. You don't want me to see my family for another holidays. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard that before.
5: Yes, and that that's another just sort of unfortunate element in this. Although, for like for me, looking at it analytically, that's also something that I mean, just talking like as an analyst, it's sort of fascinating because the 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 problems and the forces that are influencing the decisions, for instance, to close roads. There's, from my perspective, there's a lot of similarity there. And the decisions that had to be made during the pandemic, like as far as shutting down businesses, Um, there's uh, it's a very similar problem. And then everything that cascades out of that, like you just noticed, it's interesting. Yeah, there are echoes there. Uh,
3: Finally, Natalie, I'm wondering if you were paying attention yesterday to this war of words now that is gone on between the county executive and the mayor, Uh, you, you know, in the middle kind of of this response. What do you make of that? And how damaging can that be to have, you know, two of uh, the people who are supposed to be leaders now all of a sudden in the public eye at odds?
5: Yeah, I, I, that's, um, we, we have to try to not let it be damaging. Uh, but both leaders have been through a lot in the last couple of days. And I, I, I sense, you know, that as a factor in the escalation. Uh, but um, the there's, it's also highlighting uh, attention. Uh, in that, that, this is another thing. This is another thing about emergencies is sometimes people don't catch that it's still an emergency. Like for instance, the blizzard. The blizzard conditions have actually passed. Right. There's one lane open on your street. The It's kind of emotionally very hard to believe that this is still the same emergency, but it actually still is the same emergency because the clock is ticking. We have to open all the streets. And actually, the clock is ticking. We have to open all the storm drains before the thaw. Uh, so, the I yeah, you know, the optics is not great, bringing in the military police. <laughs> Uh, but the people driving while they're still trying and they're very cramped conditions, it's actually very dangerous, uh, snow removal operations. You know, the types of equipment that's being used, the drivers don't have good visibility. It's not as if there's backup cameras, right, and lots of rearview mirrors, and yet they need to work as fast as safely possible. And we're just in conflict when we're trying to use the roads then and get out and about. Um, anyway, so I don't have any great words of wisdom about that. I just, I feel for both sides, uh, of that conflict. And I just wish, and this is just like a general regret is sometimes, you know, after a disaster, we need to be a little easier on each other. Everybody, I'm not talking like to any particular parties here. Right. Um, it's just like, just go easy you're, you're, you're strung out. Your reactions are going to be swift. Um, try, try, try to take a breath first before
3: you twitch. Hey, uh, maybe some words of wisdom there. Natalie, thank you so much for the time this morning. <laughs> uh, I really do appreciate it. Natalie Simpson is uh, Chair of Operations Management and Strategy at the University of Buffalo, specializing in emergency services. Disaster response, a perfect person to have on at this time. That's
0: 930
3: in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours